Hello and welcome to our first bonus podcast of God and Narcissism. Our bonus podcasts are snippets we take from our other podcasts to save on time, but that we still feel would be really beneficial for our listeners. This one is on 20 toxic tactics that narcissists use in their relationships, and it is a list compiled by a woman named Shahida Arabi, who writes a lot of fabulous material on relationships with a narcissist, what to do about it, and how to get out of one if you want to. She writes from the perspective of a relationship with a parent, with a spouse, with a friend, and even with a coworker. So I highly encourage you all to check out her books. In this podcast, we will go through the 20 different tactics and give some commentary here and there so that you can see what might be going on in your relationship. Some of them might ring a bell. So starting here on this list, we have gaslighting. How would you guys describe gaslighting? We hear it a lot thrown around today. Yeah, I think when they teach you and in the just literature is where you're living with someone and they slightly turn down the lights every day. So they start with day one. You don't notice it because it's so slight. But by day five, you're like, oh my gosh, like it's kind of dim in here. I can't really see as well. The lights feel weird to me. So you bring it up to your partner of like, hey, do the lights seem weird to you? I feel like they've dimmed. And they're like, no, I see just fine. I see like normal. Um, Something must be going on with your eyes. And then they continue to do that. And you just get convinced that it's your eyesight and that now you're reliant on them for what you were used, you used to be able to do. Um, so yeah. Perfect. That's exactly where the term gaslight comes from. If all of you were wondering, there was a movie that came out a long time ago about that exact thing where a guy would slowly dim the lights and anytime anyone noticed, he would say, no, I see just fine. So that person is convinced that it's their eyes and not actually the person dimming the lights. So translating this into what a narcissist does, it's basically denying reality. Reality happens, they tell you it doesn't happen, and you start to feel crazy or you start to believe them. And that's where things really go downhill. Then we have projection, um, which sounds pretty self-explanatory. They're kind of um, blaming things on you that they themselves are uh, experience or have traits of. And this is really, really classic narcissism right here is projection. Yeah, this one I think actually goes directly back to the question of am I a narcissist? Because when a narcissist is constantly projecting their own traits onto you, it's so easy to start to think like, oh, I'm the one who is greedy. I'm the one without empathy. I'm the one who's abusive and toxic because that's what they're telling you. They kind of put everything that they're doing onto you. And then it's all that easier to start to think, am I, am I a narcissist? Maybe it's all me. It's my fault. Perfect. Uh, we have next nonsensical conversations from hell. This one, um, I is really near and dear to my heart. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Could you explain it then? Because I'm a little confused. Yes, of course. This is when the narcissist is using, using a lot of the different tactics in a conversation off topic. So you come to them with something. You're like, I don't like when this happened or I want to talk to you about this. And they get into defensive mode. They will bring in all these weird topics or flip it on you or bring in all this weird, confusing stuff 
by the end of the conversation, you don't even remember what you were mad at. You don't even remember what's going on. You don't even know what conversation you're having. All you know is they're upset and maybe you must have done something. And suddenly the conversation's about you and maybe all the million things you did. So they're using all the tactics we're going through, throwing it in a conversation and scrambling it to kind of divert you off your original course of calling them out on their stuff. Does that make sense? I think that's great. Yeah, I do want to clarify it at the end, but I want to hear the rest of the tactics first. Gotcha. So we've got blanket statements and generalizations. So making blanket statements that don't acknowledge the nuances in your argument. Uh, So they may bring up that their behavior is unacceptable. They may generalize about your hypersensitivity or that you are never satisfied rather than addressing the real issue. These are your always never statements. Um, You guys have anything to add to that? No, I chuckled because I was like, "Mm, mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. Then we've got, the next one is deliberately misrepresenting your thoughts and feelings. Um, so they try to, like, make it sound like you're saying something that you're totally not saying. Yes. Yeah, a good example, um, Aruba just says for this is, uh, they may invalidate you with, oh, so now you're perfect, or so I'm the bad guy, huh? You know, statements like that. Or like... I can't help that you hate who I am as a person. Uh, Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. (laughs) Then we've got nitpicking and moving the goalposts. And this is when the narcissist is trying to get you to do everything they want, pretty much. And when you try to do everything they want, suddenly they want more. So you're always kind of like on this treadmill of trying to please them. Mm. Then we've got changing the subject to evade accountability. The what about me syndrome. Then the next one we have is covert and overt threats. And this is when the narcissist obviously like either threatens someone directly or they kind of imply that they might do something. We've also got name calling on here. And this doesn't have to be the standard calling someone, you know, an expletive or, you know, going on a tirade telling them like, you know, they should uh, go to hell or, you know, wish you were never born. We're talking about name calling also as you're so sensitive uh, or dramatic, dramatic, dramatic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're exaggerating those kinds of things as well. Then there is destructive conditioning. This is when the narcissist will ruin like celebrations and like your goals, vacations, holidays. Like whenever you're starting to feel kind of like happy about something, they come in and like ruin it. There's also smear campaigns and stalking. Uh, So this is when they try to control how other people see you. Um, It's very close to harassment and uh, basically gossip that's untruthful or spinning you in a certain light very close to triangulation i would think which is is also going to be on here later then we have love bombing and devaluation so this is at the beginning of a relationship um mostly in romantic relationships where they are talking about how incredibly incredible you are they're talking about um getting serious with you really quickly um how you add so much to their life, they can't live without you, you're everything that they prayed for, dreamed of, all of that. Um, At the same time, talking poorly um, about their ex, and then eventually they start talking about you and treating you how they did that ex-partner, and that um, putting you on a pedestal comes down. 
Then we have preemptive defense, which is basically when they are telling you who they are without showing you who they are, and they overstate their ability to be like compassionate or understanding. I'm such a great person. I'm such a wonderful parent. You can trust me. You can trust me. Yeah, that kind of thing. We also have uh, triangulation, uh, similar to what I was saying before. That's where a parent will kind of drive a wedge in between you and another person. doesn't have to be a parent, just a narcissist. Um, So this is kind of like going to one person and trying to align with them against someone else and vice versa. The narcissist kind of gets to choose who the enemy is because they see themselves as the victim and and everyone else is either a perpetrator or a rescuer, and they will get to move those dynamics around as they see fit. Then the next one we have is bait and feign innocence, and this is a key one where, like, in in an argument with them, like, they'll, they'll try to start an argument with you by kind of, like, poking at, like, your insecurities or sore spots, and once they do that, then as soon as you get upset, they'll flip it around and be like, it was just a joke, or you're being too sensitive, or you're you're being abusive or toxic because you're mad at me. And, and so they try to get you into an argument with them that way. Boundary testing and hoovering. So this is when they will continually test your boundaries and see how far they can violate or push you. Um, and not have dire consequences and so when you finally have had enough and you do take a stance and you put up that consequence or the boundary they then um hoover try to get you back it's fake remorse empathy saying they'll never do it again they take you out on more dates they give you gifts they spend quality time with you whatever your thing is and then they they start all over again with pushing the boundaries more, seeing if they can get you to go past that boundary. Then we have aggressive jabs disguised as jokes. This is getting into the realm of doublespeak, what we call doublespeak with narcissists. They say something that on the surface seems fine, but to everyone who's around them, they know what it actually means. And so they have a way of kind of saying jokes about you that are actually underneath the surface something really mean and insecurity they know you have that on the surface level maybe look looks fine to everyone else but you know what it means they're actually saying something kind of cruel but they expect you to view it as a joke too so that they can be let off the hook for it so that you can't actually have a problem with them saying it then we have condescending sarcasm and patronizing tone and this is when they're being like very belittling and degrading to the point where you begin to silence yourself then there is also shaming so that can be a little self-explanatory but i also know that a way narcissists can use this one is they use the symptoms you have acquired from their abuse against you So as soon as they kind of push your buttons and you react and that reaction uh, looks devastating, they turn around and say how crazy you are or that you should be ashamed of your behavior and they can kind of put you into a corner that way. Hmm. And then the last one we have is control, where they try to take control over you and your life, where they micromanage everything that may be like, that may include taking over finances or um, bullying you into isolating from friends and spending all of your time with them. They want to be in control of every aspect of your life. 
So sometimes you can know these tactics and still not be sure of like what exactly it sounds like or catch them in the middle of a conversation. So we are going to do a conversation and then afterwards point out when all the tactics were used in just like a regular day-to-day so you can understand it a little bit more practically. Imagine you're home from college and your mom is about to get back from work. I'm home. Wow, I noticed you didn't do the dishes. Oh, sorry, I didn't notice them. I was studying for midterms and ate out with friends today. Fine, I guess I'll just have to do everything because you're in college. No, Mom, I can do them. No, it's okay. I worked so you could go to college and I can slave away here too so you can study. Mom, I'll do the dishes. But like, it's five plates in a cup. I haven't even been home that long. Yeah, you were out with your friends, which is selfish of you to act like you're here innocently studying, and that's why you couldn't do dishes. But I was with my friends earlier today. I haven't seen them, and that really hurts my feelings that you would call me selfish. Don't be so dramatic. Calm down. Mom, when you say stuff like that, I just feel really upset. Like, I don't know how it got from some dishes being in the sink to me being a selfish person. Oh, please. You're a dad, and everybody knows you leave stuff out, and now you're acting like I'm such a terrible mom. But you leave dishes in the sink to get back at me. Mom, I don't do it to get back at you. I just got swamped at school, and like I said, I haven't seen my friends in a really long time. You know, I haven't seen my friends in a long time. No one knows how hard it is. The other day, I had to go to the doctor because I'm having some trouble with my sinuses. Mom, I don't know how your sinuses relates to our conversation about the dishes. (sighs) Hey, do you want to go out to eat? I know this awesome sushi place. I've been so excited to go there. Yeah, um, should I do the dishes first and then we eat, or do you want me to do them when we get back? Oh, so now you want to do them because I'm going to buy you something. (laughs) Why are you so hyped up on the dishes? Mom, you just called me a selfish person and yelled at me for not doing them, and I'm still hurt from that. You're the one that upset me about the dishes, and now you're acting like you're upset. I've moved on, so now I feel like we should be done with this. Okay, fine. When are we going to dinner? There were many different tactics used in the conversation that you just heard, and this may not cover all of them, but here are some of the main ones. The mother used misrepresentation to twist the daughter's explanation that she'd been studying for college to make it sound like she wanted her mom to slave away for her. Calling her daughter selfish was name-calling. When she called her daughter dramatic, she was both projecting her own drama onto her daughter, and she was gaslighting by implying her daughter had no real reason to feel distressed. When she said the dad and everyone else knows the daughter leaves stuff out, that was triangulation. By bringing up her sinuses, the mother was changing the subject to evade accountability. When the mother started the argument then switched to talking about sushi and blamed her daughter for starting everything, she used the tactic bait and feign innocence. And that was 20 Diversion Tactics Manipulative Narcissists Used to Silence You, written by Shahida Arabi. Thanks for listening.